want a bit of the quiet life. I want a bit of shelf indulgence. If there is reading, give me all of it. Join the show on the Microbrew Radio. Listen to Jim, Wendy, and Emily. Join in the conversation. I want to hear it. I want to read it. I want a bit of shelf indulgence. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Shelf Indulgence. Microbrew Radio's weekly dose of everything bookish. So this week's a special episode. We have our local author episode where we're going to be interviewing an author uh, about a book she's written and uh, aside from that we've also got Wendy with me as normal so evening Wendy evening everybody and we'll be discussing our usual features as well so um, firstly let me introduce you all Shelley Shelley Wilson who is our local author feature of the week so welcome Shelley thank welcome, you welcome Shelley nice welcome yeah it's lovely to be here I, I can, I'm going to start off by saying I've thoroughly enjoyed reading The Last Princess. Oh, oh, that's made my day. Thank you. <laughs> so um, I'm looking forward to a good chin mug about it. It's a, it's, a, it's a great story. Thank you. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to a chat about that. Uh, but before we do, let's take our weekly wander down to Poetry Corner. Now, I've not brought anything this week, so it's all on your shoulders, Wendy. OK, well, um, I've bought a Viking prayer this evening oh, um and uh in honor of shelley's marvelous book that we're going to review this evening um so and it just epitomized um all of the imagery that shelley's book had brought to mind as i'd read it so um here goes uh it's it's anonymous as well. i don't know who the author is the viking prayer may the gods of asgard guide your steps towards their gates in your journey May it be safe and filled with light. May you find strength from Thor in your darkest hours and may you find wisdom from Odin in times of confusion. May you find beauty and lasting bonds from Freya and Frey. May your web be spun tightly with that which makes you stronger, happy and wise. And may the gods always look upon you with good grace. Oh, I love that. Isn't it fab? That's brilliant. <laughs> brilliant so, brilliant. yeah, that was in honour of uh, of The Last Princess. Thank you. Yeah, love that. You've got me into poetry now. <laughs> oh, you know what, Shelley, we love poetry and there's always something for everything. There is literally a poem at every occasion. And also, you know, poetry is sagas. Yes, very true. And nobody loved sagas more than the Icelandic, and they are all Viking. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, uh, the, the, the Viking sagas are phenomenal pieces of work. Um, so I'd firstly like to say, where was this book 30 years ago when I was being taught about the Vikings? Because <laughs> it was needed. Um. I, so to give some context for our listeners, The Last Princess tells the story of a, it's all, it's all fictional, um, but it's set in real historic locations and amongst real historic events. So we know that Northumbria 
was being raided and pillaged by the Vikings and that at this time England didn't yet exist as England. It was a mixture of smaller kingdoms, Mercia, Wessex, um, Northumbria amongst them. And the last princess of the, the eponymous last princess is the last princess of Northumbria. And we start the story with the princess and her two sisters off on a gallant journey to go and grab husbands. Because, you know, that's what a good princess does. And I don't want to do anything to damage anyone's, you know, enjoyment of the book. But let's just say it's not very long before the journey takes a very, very serious turn in a different direction. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, and she becomes the last princess. And now, for me, as a lover of uh, Viking culture and Viking mythology, and I that that the Norse um, sagas and stories fascinate me. I always have done. And I think what you've done for me in this book is you've given voice to the fact that everything I was taught about the Vikings at primary school was that these were godless, murdering, raping, pillaging heathens. And come on, it was just really, it was just a culture difference, wasn't it? Massively, yeah. That's one of the comments that I've received the most, actually, is that um, the way I've written the Vikings, they were a community, they were really tight-knit, they were loving, they were loyal, they were all of this that we didn't learn when we were kids, you know, they That's were, right. you know, all the pictures, you know, you go to Lindisfarne, it's all there, you know, the axes and everything. And, um, yeah, it's um, it's a shame, really. And I thought, no, they, they weren't like that, um, especially more so because as a woman, they were equal, you know, they fought alongside their men and all of that, which didn't happen in England. Um, but that's lost in a lot of uh, translation, isn't it? Yes. I mean, what was, was it, I mean, do you share my love for everything Viking? Is that what brought you to the <laughs> Yes, right? been a, a bit of, a, a, bit of a, a love for that uh, that particular period of time, yes. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I just, it fascinates me and I love um, travelling. Wendy knows this, I've got a camper van, so I'll jump in my camper and I'll just head off and, and do all sorts of just, I, if I'm a castle, a ruin, anything like that, and I'm in my element. Um, but yeah, Viking history is just, always fascinated me um and I love going up to Bambra absolutely love it up there Lindisfarne all around there um and I think it just Edith the character just kind of almost popped into my head fully formed and the rest I, I knew it was going to be more leaning towards the Vikings than it would be the English even though you know I am English um but um yeah I, well I, I don't know if uh, Wendy knows this bit actually, but you know you can do a spit in the tube ancestry yes. DNA test. Yeah, I did that, and of course I was thirty eight percent Scandinavian, so I'm a shield maiden. That was it. That yeah, was basically absolutely. My totally a Viking, absolutely a Viking, and so that was what powered me to like just storm off and do all my research. And oh my goodness, I I had so much fun doing the research. 
Um, I'm, I'm assuming the other 62% wasn't the majority. There was lots of other... I was, was all over the place. I, well, I think there was 1% <laughs> African. I was a bit Irish. I was, yeah, all over. <laughs> but no, I claimed the uh, shield maiden. <laughs> Quite one, right, too, Shallow. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, um, I, I think... If you watch, I mean, pop in popular culture now, we've, we've got a much more interesting telling of the Vikings' story and Viking history through modern TV productions and what have you. And certainly the uh, the hit series Vikings yeah, on TV yeah. does focus greatly on the fact that these were a wonderfully cultured people who did an awful lot of trade, an awful lot of exploration. They were, you know, not the characters, like you say, that we were taught at school. Yeah, exactly. Um, but during your investigation and exploration and research into this, did you learn... Was there much that you learned new about that culture? What, what, what are your highlights of the Viking culture that you wanted to bring to the book? I think the things that I learned that were, um, it, it was, I suppose, their, a lot of their ceremonies. Um, um, I actually don't know how to pronounce it, so I'm going to do myself a disservice here. The, but the wedding service that I talk about in the glossary and that, Learning about that was just fascinating, um, and and that they dig up the sword from their their ancestors to be present at the way. You know, there were so many things that were just so different and unusual, but just had this poetic way about them. I suppose, like like Wendy's that poem, you know, and the sagas. They've just got this rich storytelling about them, and so this is stuff that happened that you know was really normal to them. Um, but it was it's just fascinating cultures every different culture has got something haven't they yeah, um, yeah. and it's just uncovering it anything like that that's just a bit different um it, but, yeah, I, I agree with that Shelley that. and I, I do think that they um I, I, I think you look in any culture and find that but there is something about the Viking culture where that richness of storytelling and I'm not sure it's not the you know the very long nights and, you know, and the very cold weather. Um, and so it was the only thing that they, they could do to keep each other entertained. But um, but that comes through loud and clear in your book. And in the characters, the characters are very, um, they're very real, considering this is such a period that happened so long ago. The characters are very real and have a real resonance about them today and um and i loved that so it's the storytelling the richness of the characters as well as all of that ritual woven yeah. in um you are a really really good storyteller oh, um and this is coming from you that's brilliant thank you <laughs> i i thoroughly enjoyed it because it wasn't um it wasn't what i expected i suppose like jim i thought i was going to go and see the normal version of what of how Vikings are portrayed, and it wasn't like that. It was it was so much richer and so much more objective, and um and really really good plotting as well. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well done. Thank you. I did. I mean, 
my genre as it were is young adults so I'm, I'm writing for a teen audience but that's quite half the fun of it is what would a teenager be like in in mm. 866 AD you know how how does it differ and and that I love exploring that I must say mm. um and I love it that you know I'm, I'm 51 tomorrow and I'm definitely not a young adult but <laughs> but I adore mm. that whole you know there's, there's no nothing's out of bounds when you're writing for a younger audience and I think that's I love doing that I love exploring all kinds of stuff that like that um and in this book I could really do that with the history and, and the, everything as well it was really entertaining to do. and I think we have to be really quite honest about this as well you don't hold you don't hold any you don't pull your punches do you there are some some of the descriptions in the early parts of the book um, I was quite surprised by in terms of how graphic they were. Um, and I can I understand why, because it was a very violent time. Mm. And so that needed to be portrayed. Um, but I suppose I wasn't expecting it to be quite as graphic um, because it was a young adult book. But I don't think it would have achieved what it achieved without that, because it you we we needed to feel the shock and the horror that she had, had witnessed and she'd gone through. Yeah. And and I thought you did that very, very well. Thank you. Thank you. My kids are... Sorry. So, yeah, I think when you spot on, to understand Edith's character arc, to understand her evolution as a person, you had to give us that realness. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. She's... She's such a wonderful character and so fully formed. And at the end of the book, with the decisions that she makes, you fully understand why. So, you know, I, I'll echo what Wendy has said. And, you know, uh, this is a book I would undoubtedly recommend to young and older adults. I think yeah. you, 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 you do yourself a slight disservice in saying that you're writing for young adults. I, I think here on Shelf Indulgence, we consider young to be a state of mind as opposed to a physical condition, don't we, Wendy? Yeah. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I, get that. I get that, yeah. And, um, and you know, the, la the last princess, uh, I've told my gran, I said, you know, you're going to love this. <laughs> and she'll read it in about half a day. <laughs> she, she will devour this book. And gran is definitely not physically a young adult she's 80 i'm going to be quiet before i upset her <laughs> in her 80s um but yeah so i mean grant i know all of it it's a brilliant story i think again to echo what wendy said you are a fantastic storyteller thank you you give us enough that we need to know how we feel about the characters without giving us too much and us getting lost in description. And there was no character either that appeared that was superfluous. Mm, I'd agree with that. Um, quite often in a story, particularly young adult stories, you get characters that appear who are incidental. Yeah. And there are, there are no incidental characters here. Because even um, minor parts like um, when they arrive at Alnuth and it's uh, Father Owen. Yes. He, you know, 
he has a very important part to play in that story. Um, and he's only a small part of it, but he, without him, it wouldn't, <laughs> be, the story, yeah, it wouldn't be the story it is. Um, I think what I'd like to ask you is, you say it's, you say you you write for young adult. You're aim, you're writing for a teen audience. Yeah. Would you say all the teens, or is this more the older teens? Um, it's a it's a real weird one actually because the when I hear from my readers, they they are younger teens, so it's kind of like the the younger teens and then adults. The young adult, as in the 13, not the older sort of coming to 18, not really in the zone. So it's a it's a very, very strange. And I, I, you're absolutely right. I, I just say, oh, I'm a young adult writer. But actually, it's it's kind of your middle grade, I suppose, or, or adults that are reading yeah. it. But, um, yeah, it's it, it, I mean, genres are genres, aren't they? They, they, they can be... Um, the re the reason I ask... Is I'm kind of approaching this with my because I'm a school teacher by training. Yeah. Um, and although I'm no longer full time in the classroom, I'm approaching this with my teacher head on. And as much as I think it's excellently written, and I would, and you know, my own. Uh, I don't have any of my own children, but my own children, if I had them, or my certainly my nieces, at early teenage, I would say, yeah, fantastic book for them. Mm. I know some of the parents of children that I've taught would be concerned about, and you handle it well, but the sexual content of the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now, I think it's entirely necessary. It's not gratuitous and it's not graphic. So you handle it very well. Um, but I think certainly for some parents, yeah. they can be a little prudish in how they want their children to read those sort of topics. Yeah, I get that. I get This is the first book, so I've written quite a few young adult books. This is the first book where they've touched belly buttons. Um, normally it's PG snogging. <laughs> that's, as, that's as far as I go. <laughs> Uh, but I must admit, yeah, one swear word, and I'm I'm saying to parents, oh, they say this, and and most of the time the parents are at the well, they'll hear worse at home, so don't worry. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't it, write this period of history without acknowledging that exactly because it yeah, was the exactly. way the the world was a very savage place at that point in in history, and it would have been disingenuous had you not have dealt with entirely. it entirely. I'm, I'm not. Um, I'm it's not a criticism. No, no. Uh, but I was going to say I agree with you, Jim. I think that it was handled incredibly well, and and for me, um, the 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 thing that balanced it was the epilogue. Yeah. Um, and that was the real balancer that said that, and all of this goes on, but the world still goes on, and relationships still carry on. And we still managed to get into the next generation. And it was it it was a really lovely, it was a tying of the bow for me, that was. And I really I thought you'd handled the whole of that really, really well, Shannon. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean it, it's very easy to um 
well, it's very easy to offend in in this day and age. Um, in fact, I was thinking of you the other day, Wendy, when I heard um, Gary Rhodes on the radio. <clears throat> uh, he he used the expression. Um, oh, and I'm going to get it wrong now. He said something like, um, uh, I, I'm, "I'm surprised that's not been woked out." Mm. Because there has, you know, there are certain things that now are, because of the woke movement, if we're going to call it that, aren't allowed. Yeah. Um, And certainly there are uh, certain uh, songs that he was referring to that, you know, that still are prevalent now in popular music. but, But I think... Moreover, for me, as someone who works a lot with young adults, Shelley, the fact of the matter is, even if the parents don't want them thinking about it or talking about it, they are thinking about it and talking about it. 100%. (laughs) Absolutely right, yeah. They'll find a way. We all did. (laughs) And anyone, I was about to say, anyone who's an adult now who says they didn't think about it or talk about it, (laughs) is lying. Um, so I think for me, I I can only heap praise upon you for this. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm so glad to know. Yeah, no, entirely. I mean, I, I always give my honest opinion, and this is a rip roaring read. It's one that absolutely at Wendy Street in the fact that in terms of pace and narrative, it grabs you by the shorts and curlies and drags yeah. you through it. It does. Um, you know, th- there isn't any wasted time. We're all the way through dealing with action and it's it's event to event to event. It's got the pace. Um, your language choices are wonderful. Um, the way that you incorporate the Viking culture, as I've said, I love that. It's it's a really well-rounded, fabulous story. And one and, that... and, and also with all of that. Um, I have to mention there is a warmth that runs through this book, which was absolutely unexpected for me. So there's a warmth and a humour that you work with, which is so human from a family point of view. Yeah. You know, there are th- things that happen, just in, just li- little incidents that happen that could happen to any family tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I love that. And it it's it was I wasn't expecting that. And it was a lovely, a lovely touch to it. Um, because it made it gave I, I'm sorry to use this phrase, but it gave me skin in the game, Jim. She loves a bit of skin in the game. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I really it really um bothered me about what was gonna happen to Edith. She'd been through enough. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I felt very protective towards her, I although didn't I didn't need to because she's a shield maiden. She could take care of herself. But nevertheless, <laughs> I did feel um, that, that there was a degree of vulnerability about her, which I thought you you portrayed really, really well. Um, a feisty little, uh, little yeah. type, but nevertheless um, still vulnerable. And I thought you the, the balance of that was absolutely spot on. Thank you. Right. At this point, let us put the last princess 
aside momentarily. We will come back to that. Um, and uh, let's vi briefly visit our regular feature of what has Granny read. Now this week she's had, she's back on form. She had a couple of weeks where she didn't read quite so much because she was busy, but she's uh, she's back on form this week and she's, she's she's almost up to full strength. She's managed five books this week. Now they're a bit of a mixed batch. Um, so we've got Liz Fenwick's A Cornish Stranger, which she said was all right. It was it was okay. I don't think it was quite. You know, it was nice. It was a love story, but it wasn't quite the, the thriller or crime story that Gran's quite accustomed to. Um, we then had Louise Jensen's The Fall, which is a proper suspense. Um, Karen Slaughter recommended Killer Reed sort of thing that, uh, that Gran came across. Um the 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 strap line is she promised not to tell. They made sure she couldn't. Oh, you know, very up Grand Street. Uh, <clears throat> then a gathering storm by Rachel Hall, which is a bestseller, um, Sunday Times bestseller, and it's it's set in Cornwall. Uh, it's a love story, and Gran says it was good, but very odd. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that, that that was the review for that one anyway. Uh, and then uh, she's read The Animals at Lockwood Manor by Anne Healy. Now, have you, have you read this? Um, I started to, but I struggled with it, Jim. I've read it. It's a curious book. Mm. Um, I think the problem for you, Wendy, is it hasn't got the pace and the skin of the game. That's absolutely right. Yeah. You know um, me so well. Yeah, but it's it's definitely an interesting book. It's all about a collection of stuffed animals from London's museums that are sent out of London for safekeeping during the war. And it's the story of the curator who goes with them. And then her favourite book this week is uh, Philip Paris's Last Witch of Scotland. Oh. Being a woman was her only crime which she, she requested I buy for her so much that she wanted to read it that she even had me order the hardback, wasn't waiting for it to come out in paperback. Oh. So uh, we're guilty, I shouted the words. We're guilty of being women and of having no man to speak for us. We're guilty of being intelligent and educated, of speaking out when we see injustice or cruelty. We're guilty of looking and sounding different, but we are not guilty of witchcraft. That's the uh, the, that the synopsis like, on the back. Like kind of book. <laughs> yes, yeah. and me, and me. And what did Gran think of it? She really enjoyed it. Mm. Really enjoyed it. So that that comes highly recommended by Gran. So that's what Gran has read. Um, so, in terms of um, coming back to the last princess, then Shelley, would there be a sequel? Oh, do you know, that's been asked a few times and no, actually, but okay. um, I did so much research and I've kept, obviously, all my research. So I have got an idea for another book, but it won't be it won't be anything to do with Edith and, and, um, and her story. It's something entirely different, but kind of using parts of my research and maybe incorporating the heathen army a little bit more. 
Oh, right. Um, ah, so we get a bit more maybe of Halfton and, and uh, yeah. 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 Excellent. Fabulous stories to tell. Um, and and, that, and do you know what? That's, for me, I think what is the most fascinating and interesting part about this culture, it's really difficult to draw the line between the myth and the history. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Because as a culture, the Vikings, the Norse, were so invested in their gods um, that phenomenal, phenomenal stories that are, even their own stories are so interwoven between their own history and the myths yeah. and legends. And... And they have fantastic gods. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Can I ask, do you have a favourite god? Oh, see, I'm gonna go straight with straight in at the top with Odin. <laughs> <laughs> the top of the top of the ladder. The old father is a great one, isn't he? He's yeah. a great one. Um I'm a big in the sagas, I'm a big fan of Thor. Mm. And I think Thor has often uh, not so much in the Marvel stories. I think we get a little bit back to the original Thor in the Marvel stories, actually, the Marvel films. But for a long time, Thor is heralded as this absolute hero. And he is a hero. He's a great warrior. But when you read the original Norse sagas, Thor is a bit of an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> he, he ain't the brightest spark in the, uh, in the squad bunch, is he? Almost and very little brain, and that's why Loki has so much fun running rings yeah. around. Um, but yeah, no, I I, 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 I like the old father too. Yeah, Odin is a good one. Good, yeah. right? So, um, can me, I just say before we go on, what? it's yeah. a huge congratulations to Shelley as well today because she has a book launch today. Oh, is there a book launch so today? Her latest novel is out today. Do you want to tell us a bit about it, Shelley? Uh, yeah, doing. absolutely, yeah. Well, it's called Bloodborne, um, and one of my other passions, not Vikings, is vampires. <laughs> Random, I know, but <laughs> um, I think when I watched The Last the Lost Boys back in, like, 1987, I was hooked. Um, so, yeah, this is a first book of a duology, and um, it follows Emma, and she is, <laughs> you'll get used to my style, so she's kind of basically killed within the first two pages <laughs> and turned into a vampire. And then um, it's, it, um, I don't do vampires how you would expect them to be. Um, you know, they don't explode into a nice puff of, of dust. There's a lot more gore. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, I've, I've kind of twisted a lot of the vampire lore that we, you know, we understand. So um, I had a lot of fun of it. It's all set in Whitby. Um, mm -hmm. So another another trip that I got to take, another research trip, which was a lot of fun. Home of um, the vampire legend. Absolutely. That's mm -hmm. the one. Yeah. So they are hidden. All the vampires are hidden in a in a bunker underneath Whitby Abbey. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and it's 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 another tale of friendships, loyalty, good versus evil, um, and yeah, it's like today. Um, where, where, uh, where are we set historically, Shelley? We, in modern it's times? now, so it's now. yeah, it's very much now. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, can I can I ask? Because um, obviously, 
and it's clear through your writing, The Last Princess, research is a big thing for you. Yeah. So you say you don't tell vampires as we expect them. Is that because you mean you've departed from the pop culture, modern film and TV vampire? Are we going back more to a bit more of the original vampire? It was more of that they could be living next door kind of thing. So rather than, you know, the, the mirrors and the garlic and all that, we forget about that. Um, but it's a lot more brutal. It's... Um, which I seem to like. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think this is probably why my publisher sticks me in horror. <laughs> um, it's so it's um, yeah, it's just it's again it's teenage angst. So the way I'm using the vampirism is as depression. So that's oh. the theme. Uh, this darkness that Emma feels that she's surrounded by, she doesn't understand. This is her. She's actually a vampire. So she's part human, oh. part vampire. Um, and she's had this feeling all all throughout her life and she's not understood it until she's finally turned into a vampire. Um, but for me, it was addressing um, anxiety. It was addressing depression because that feels very, very similar. Um, and I never said anything, but the, like the editors that worked with me through were my, my publishers, all of them commented on, oh my goodness, I can so see a link here with depression. And, and, and that was quite nice that they picked it up um so yeah it's not not your they don't glow like in twilight they don't twinkle <laughs> um, she can see herself in the mirror <laughs> um but yeah there's um a few bits and pieces that um i suppose little bits of throwbacks but but yeah i'm just trying to change the trope really no and indeed why not because i mean again have you done an awful lot of research into the history of vampires I've yeah, I, I that's just been stuff that I love to read anyway, rather than for this particular book. It's just it fascinates me. Um I love all of it and I love vampire films and shows and all all of that. Um and I love I mean Joss Whedon, I loved his take on it through Buffy. Just I was yeah. a massive Buffy fan. Um yeah, oh all the way. Absolutely wonderful. Um he's a legend. Um so, yeah, but it took me up until now. I mean, this was obviously written a couple of years ago by the time it's come out, but um, I never wanted to write a vampire book because I didn't want, I didn't think I could do it justice because yeah. I just loved so many of the characters. But, um, yeah, again, Emma popped into my head fully formed and and it was that the night where she was kind of killed and it all changed and I thought, I've got to write it, I've got to have a go. And is that, is that something that's common for you in all your writing, is that these characters appear? Yeah, the characters seem to come first always. Um, and then I'll, I'll work out whether it's a fantasy, whether it's a historical. I mean, like The Last Princess was my first stab at doing anything real, if you like, like historical. I, I love fantasy. I love making up worlds and rules and, and all that kind of stuff. Um I enjoy reading that kind of thing. I love those kind of films and, and TV shows. Um, one of my other books, Hood Academy, is a vampires. Uh, sorry, is werewolves. Um, mm. So that's where they're at an academy, and they've, they've got werewolves chained in the basement and all those kind of things. So I just it fascinates me that whole mythology. I just, I just absolutely love it, um, and I love having a go at right. How can I change this? How can I make this a bit different? Mm. Um, and that's yeah, that's quite fun. 
Excellent. Fantastic. Um, I, I, I'm definitely read more of yours. Um, I'm following you on Amazon, so I can get, I can get you on the Kindle. But yeah, no, really enjoyed Last Princess, and definitely, I'm a, I am a fantasy fan, so I, I, I shall have a go at your others. And so, Bloodborne released today. Yes, out today. And are we? available in all good retailers or yes where... absolutely everywhere um and it's coming in audio soon so i've got my lovely narrator she's um she's just um recording it at the moment um so i'm not i haven't got a date for the audio yet but it's out paperback hardback um ebook uh, everywhere um that you can think of <laughs> excellent well i look forward to reading it um wendy do you have any more questions for shelly regarding no, not at this stage. Just to say um, congratulations because I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you, Wendy. Right. Well, let's let's turn our attention then to to what we're reading. So, Wendy, yes. uh, apart from the Last Princess, have you been reading anything else this week? Um, yes, I have. Um, I've I've come across an interesting author um, who has written a series of books. Uh, but the one that I've just picked up uh, to read is called A Murder to Die For, um, and it is by Stephen Colgan. Um, name rings a bell. And these are humorous, cosy murder mysteries. Um, but, but and you know, the number of times I've picked up a book because on the cover it says, and this is hilarious, and you'll never stop laughing, and I read it and I can't even raise a smile. Um, actually, not the case with this one. Um, a Murder to Die For is quite a dry sense of humour, so really appreciated by me. So I'm about uh, I'm about a third of the way in, and really, really pleased that um, that I decided to go with it. Um, and the other one that's uh, just appeared on the top of my uh, to be read list. Um, is another one that I've just come out of left field, and it's called Shrines of Gaiety by Kate Atkinson. And Kate Atkinson was, I think, a Booker Prize winner a few years ago. Um, and I I read her book, um, which I think was, oh, no, it was a Whitbread, uh, Whitbread Book of the Year winner um, called uh, Not the End of the World. Um, but I wasn't terribly impressed with it um but the shrines of gaiety um i read the uh i read the cover and i just thought you know what i've got to i've got to have a go at that so let me just i'm just going to try and is it stephen s t e v y n uh s t yeah y v i it's all right i know where i know the name from all right where do you know the name from he was a scriptwriter for qi Oh, right. Yeah, he, he wrote, right. wrote for QI and for uh, QI's Radio 4 sister show, the Museum of Curiosity. Oh, well, it's no wonder I really enjoy, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. It's it's really, it's it's not the normal cosy mystery, but the dry humour is I absolutely love. 
Um, and this one that I'm uh, just about to look at, Shrines of Gaiety, is in 1926, in a country still recovering from the Great War, London has become the focus for a delirious new nightlife. In the clubs of Soho, peers of the realm rub shoulders with starlets, foreign dignitaries, gangsters and girls selling dances for a shilling a time. The notorious queen of this glittering world is Nellie Coker, ruthless but also ambitious to advance her six children, including the enigmatic eldest, Niven, whose character has been forged in the Crucible of the Somme. With unique Dickensian flair, Kate Atkinson brings together a glittering cast of characters in a truly mesmeric novel that captures the uncertainty and mutability of life in a world where nothing is quite as it seems. So I just read that and thought, you know what, that's just floated my boat. So um, when I've read it, I'll come back and do a review. Superb. Shay, what do you read? What do you enjoy reading? Um, I've actually, I don't know if you've come across Lee Bardugo, 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 make sure I'm saying that right. I should know this off by heart because it's Bardugo, yes. So she, um, again, young adult author, so she, I don't know if you've seen Shadow and Bone on Netflix. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. so she wrote the, the books, um, Six of Crows, and it's basically that, that show is two different, book um series put together very clever how they've done it she is just the most phenomenal author um you know when you read something and you just think why on earth am i writing <laughs> you know i'll never be this good you know she's yeah. one of those it's absolutely amazing well she's just released ninth house which i think is her first adult novel um so i've literally just bought that so it's upstairs ready to um for me to start so that sounds quite good um, one that you might like that I have read actually, but um, is River Kings by Kat Yarman. I don't know if you've seen it. Rings and a it's, bell. So it's kind, it's non-fictionish, but she's re- a fabulous storyteller. So she's a um, is she an archaeologist or a doctor? I can't remember. The, however, it is, but she follows a carnelian bead along the Viking roots of where it came from uh, that was found in Derby in a dig in Derby oh, and oh, manages nice. the silk roots and all of that. And it, oh my goodness, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Mm. So that that's one for, um, that I can definitely recommend. You've um, just made his day, you know, because that's, <laughs> that's right up Jim Street, that book. Yeah, I, 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 like, I, I, I recently read Alan Moore's, um, uh, oh, Story of Fire, was it called? Yep, Story yeah. of Fire. No, it wasn't. It's something to do with fire, though. Voice of the fire. Voice, Voice of the fire. That's it, Alan Moore, which is set in in Northampton over the span of about was it six thousand years? Six thousand years. Yeah. Each chapter's in a different historical period. Wow! Fascinating reading. It starts with a Neanderthal, so really fascinating read. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this week. Now, I've been reading on and off, dipping in and out of uh, Adventures of a Young Naturalist <laughs> by uh, David Attenborough. And it's a fantastic autobiography that he wrote a long time ago about his early adventures. Now, obviously, Sir David, National Treasure, what fantastic stories that man has to tell. Yeah. But, Wendy, 
I fell into Bernardo's this week. Oh no. Yeah. I was I went to fetch my prescription and Bernardo's was there where I parked the car and they got books outside. <laughs> and you gave yourself a hernia lifting them into the car. Yeah, well, most of them are for Gran. Oh but... yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> Look, she'll definitely read them before I get a chance. Um but amongst them was Life on Air, which is Sir David's later. So I was like, oh, I've got to add that to the pile. So that's that's waiting for me. Although um, we, I will be turning my attention. We're, we're going to be reviewing next, Shelley. Um, I think I've got this right. Tell me if I'm wrong, Wendy. But next review for us is A Life in Footnotes. It is, oh. yes. Um, which is Sir Terry Pratchett. So um, was he dieted? I just made that up. Yeah. I don't think he was. No, he was, was he? If you just served him. <laughs> I just knighted him. I think he was not. He should have been. I was going to say, just, it rolled off the tongue very nicely. <laughs> yeah, it should have been. No, he was, he was, he was. Was he? He was. I've just looked in the dust in the dust cover and it starts with Sir Terry Pratchett, creator of the Phenomenally Best Own Discord series. So he must have been. Unless the writers of the book have decided to knight him as well. <laughs> um, and, I, I, I mean, I can't wait to turn my attention to this, but have you seen the quote on the back, Wendy? No, because I, um, I haven't got my hard copy yet. So on the back of the book, there's a quote from John Lloyd. Mm. And you love, you're, you're, oh, Shelley, do you know Wendy's Terry Pratchett story? No. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, I do. Yes. Oh, yeah. You put, yeah, I remember you shared it only recently, actually. Yeah. I did, yeah. yeah. I did. Oh, sorry. Uh, but, yeah, so John Lloyd on the back of the book says, of all the dead authors in the world, Terry Pratchett is the most alive. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely right. I love that. Okay. I love that. And, and you know what? I think that is something that when you read a Pratchett book, the footnotes absolutely are his voice coming through, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Um, so I'm really looking forward to starting that. Although, whether I get ready in a fortnight, it's a hefty tome, isn't it? It is, it is. But I think we will rattle through it because we're both such fans. We are big fans. Um, so I do think we'll um, we'll rattle through it. Are you, are and of you course, a... next week we've got the... Um, We've got the Discworld yeah, so special week, that we did. Um, we'll be rerunning the episode that we wrote that we that we did on um, the Discworld, our visit to the Discworld, and our love of the Discworld, and everybody thereon. Um, are you a are you a Pratchett fan, Shelley? Do you know, no, no. That's a terrible thing to say. No, isn't it? it no, not it. No, I didn't sort of fall into his realm. I don't think. Righto. Always so, so, oh, no, 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 you don't get off the hook that easily. Always worth a revisit. Absolutely. Have you have you actually read any of his stuff? No. <gasps> oh, OK, Jim, me. we have to do this before she goes. What <laughs> are you going to suggest that she reads to start her off? Lords and ladies. OK. okay. Um, I am going to say, 
I'm going to say guards, guards. Okay. I, right. I think you enjoyed guards, guards. I chose lords and ladies because it's got the witches and the vampires. Oh. It does have the witches and the vampires. Sold. There's another great one about the vampires called Carpe Jugulum. Carpe Jugulum, <laughs> absolutely. You, you, honestly, you know, when you've got when you've got a weekend where nothing else is happening, or you're taking Snoopy on another adventure, yeah. get yourself a copy of Carpe Jugulum. Okay. Carpe Jugulum, yeah. It, it, Pratchett, for me has the ability to make the intelligent mind, mind laugh out loud. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, he has such a great way of viewing the world, and the Discord is such a wonderful place to visit, and his characters are very much larger than life. They they couldn't exist in our world. They very much they are very real on the Discord, aren't they, Wendy? Oh yeah. There, there's a particular there's a particular book where he features um, a vampire who is a photographer, which is a bit of a problem when he's taking flash pictures. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So if you, he's, yeah, fine. He's, fine. he's got a brilliant workaround. He's got a brilliant workaround. He does. He absolutely does. So, all yeah, right. it might be time to yeah. have a revisit. Have a revisit. I think, uh, yeah. There's plenty of plenty there for you, Shelley. Um, right, well, our time together does draw to a close. Shelley, I'm going to extend an invite to you to come back whenever you want. You're always welcome on the show. Oh, thank um, you. You can come and discuss any book you like with us, whether it's yours or somebody else's. Oh, no, that's lovely. It's been fabulous joining you both tonight and having a chat. And thank you oh, for not, having me. No, it's a pleasure. It really is. Your book's brilliant. Um, the Last Princess by Shelley Wilson. Everyone, go and buy it. Read it. That's what you need to do. And, <laughs> yeah, until... and, and congratulations on the book launch as well today. Yes, um, I hope you, uh, you just go from strength to strength with that. Thank you. Thoroughly. And until next week, ladies and gents, good reading. Happy reading, everybody. Good night. This show is part of Microbrew Radio, Burton on Trent's community radio station. You can hear this and plenty of other shows over on microbrewradio.com. Find our app on the iOS or Android stores, or just say, Alexa, play Microbrew Radio. And if you like what you hear, please let us know on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thanks. <laughs>